This week, as we begin looking into God's Word, we're in the middle of a series that we're calling Into the Unknown. And as we look at the future, we can choose how we're going to look into the unknown. Uh, we can choose our attitude, our response to it. I, I grew up in a, in a home where my parents had both been church musicians, and, and church music was a lot of the life of our church, but, but it, it was not just church music. And it wasn't just the music at church. It, it was music everywhere with my mom. And she had this song. In fact, my mother had songs for everything. When my brothers and I would do something and, and we would have a, a difficult day going, my mom would always have a song. And one of the ones that she loved to sing to us was a, a song that Frank Sinatra had recorded back in the 1950s before any of us were even born. And, and it, it started with something about an ant. It, it, it said, just what makes that little old ant think they can move a rubber tree plant? Anyone knows an ant can't move a rubber tree plant, but he's got high hopes. He's got high hopes. He's got high apple pie in the sky hopes. The last few months, as we've walked through this global pandemic, the, the words to that song have, have kind of been floating around in my brain a little bit, uh, simply because I'm hearing the word hope a lot. We're, we're told to hope for the vaccine. We're, we're told to use hope to get ourselves through the darkness. And, and over the years, I've, I've heard lots of people talk about hope and keeping hope alive and, and how we can, if we cannot tap into the hope that's within us, and it, it will help us get through whatever difficult times we've got. But, but the problem I have with some of the things I hear, in fact, even with that little song my mother used to sing to my brothers and I, is a, is a, a problem with the source of the hope. You, you see, we don't just hope in hope's sake. Uh, as followers of Jesus Christ, we don't just hope that things will get better because of our abilities or our effort or our perseverance. No, no. See, we've got something better than that. And in fact, here at Eastside, our, our mission statement talks about the best hope. Our mission statement now for, for a couple of decades has just simply been this. We exist as a church for the purpose of lifting up Jesus Christ as Savior for those who are away from God, who are lost, as Lord of the church, the body of Christ, the one who's in charge, and as reconciler for the entire world so that people can discover hope for their living. That hope isn't in hope itself. It's not even in us. No, no. Hope for our living is tied to the lifting up of Jesus Christ. We we exist as a church to help people find hope in Jesus Christ. And as we walk into the unknown of 2021, it's imperative for us to understand the source of our hope, to understand what real hope is. Uh, the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, they, they understood that kind of hope. As we saw last week when they went back to Barnabas's home island, Cyprus, and they shared the gospel of Jesus Christ in the synagogues and with the, the Roman proconsul, and, and as they began to let the, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ become real in people's lives, they found success when they were able to show people the real truth of Jesus and to 
care so much about those people that they would join them on the journey. And after they had shared there, they, they began to take the next step to go beyond what they knew, the places that were familiar, and, and, to, and to leave Cyprus. And, and now they, they, they head across the Aegean Sea to, to what is now modern-day Turkey. Listen to the story from Acts chapter 13. I'm, I'm going to read just a little of it, beginning in verse 13. Now Paul and his companions set sail from Paphos and came to Perga in Pamphylia, modern-day Turkey. And John Mark left them and returned to Jerusalem. But Barnabas and Paul went on from Perga, the, the, the port city, up to Antioch in Pisidia, more inland. And on the Sabbath day, they went into the synagogue and sat down. After the reading from the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent a message to them saying, brothers, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say it. I, I love that. I, I love this pattern that, that Paul and Barnabas have of, of walking into a city, now a city they've never been to before, but finding the synagogue, finding the, the place of faith, finding the place of hope, and, and entering into the worship and now as they've come to the part in the service after the reading of the law and the prophets, the, the rulers of the synagogue, the people in charge, recognize these two Jewish men who are visitors. And they turn to them and they say, do you have a, a word of exhortation, a word of encouragement? See, this morning, that, that's what I want you to understand, is that we're living in a world that is, that's waiting for the church waiting for the church to have a word of encouragement, a word of exhortation. Uh, far too often, we've been the voice of condemnation. Far too often, we've been the, the voice of, of literally politicizing everything. No, what 2021 requires of us, if we're going to make it through this pandemic, is that we are going to have to be the voice of encouragement, the voice of hope, and the hope can't be in our human effort. I would even go so far to say to you that even though I fully intend to take a vaccine when it's available to me simply because I care for people around me and I, I don't want to be a carrier of this virus, I, I want to encourage you to consider doing the same, but, but I want you to understand that even though there's a vaccine for this COVID virus, that's not the hope of the world. Our hope isn't in the medical community. Our hope isn't in the political community. Our, our hope isn't even the economic community. No, no, our hope is in Jesus Christ. And real hope, authentic hope, the kind of hope that, that the world needs now goes belong far beyond all, the, all of the, the political slogans and the yard signs and the billboards about hope. No, no, real hope? Real hope is based upon God's ongoing concern for people. When the Apostle Paul stood up in that synagogue in Antioch in Pisidia, at the invitation of those in charge, and he, and he began to speak to the people. What he began to speak to them was a word of exhortation. He began to, to, recount, if, to recount all of the history of Israel. And as he recounted the history of Israel, he, he let them 
hear again the story of how God was speaking through Abraham and how God had delivered them through Moses. And throughout the, throughout the history of these Jewish people gathered in this synagogue, he recounts to them time after time after time how God was there for them and God had concern for them. If the world needs anything in 2021 from the church of Jesus Christ, it's the reminder that he has not forgotten us, that God has not abandoned us. And that even though the virus may rage, and even though the loss is deep, and even though the pain is great, God can still be trusted. And the hope, the hope that we proclaim, the hope that we live, the hope that we use as encouragement for ourselves and for others isn't because of something we muster up from within. It isn't something we find when we turn inward and, and become people with positive thoughts. No, no the, the hope we're, we're, we're looking for is the hope that there's a God who cares about us and what the Scriptures teach us and what Paul stood in that synagogue and reminded those people is that, yes, God does care about you and about me. In fact, real hope that is based upon God's ongoing concern for us is all about Jesus. It's all about the life and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. It, it, it's the way God lets us know He cares. God expresses His concern for people by sending His one and only Son, not to just show up one day and make an appearance, but, but to literally come and, and dwell among us and to live a life a life like your life, a life like my life, a life filled with family and work and people and hurts and celebrations. See, the, the hope of Jesus Christ isn't just positive wishing and thinking. No, the, the hope of Jesus Christ is the expression of a God who knows you by name, a God who's seen everything you've seen, a God who knows everything you know and more. A God who's witnessed every failure of your life and still, still loves you. In fact, so much so that, that He would not only come to dwell among us, but, but He would sacrifice Himself. He would, he would die for you. I want you to think about that for a moment. We've been using the term heroes pretty flippantly in our culture for years. And in these last several months, we've, we've witnessed some real heroes. There are people who have, who have sacrificed their very life caring for other people. For those of you who have relatives, family, friends, who are frontline workers, I, I want you to understand, I, I have relatives like that too. I have friends like that too. I don't in any way want to disparage anything they've done. They need our love. They need our support. To those of you who are, who are struggling right now because of the ongoing demands of this, this coronavirus, this global pandemic, then, then I, I want you to know, 
I want you to know that you are loved and you are cared for and that the ultimate sacrifice was paid for you by Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of David, the, the Son of God. And that if you want to know real hope, it's expressed for us in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. Look at the way Paul says it when he's exhorting the synagogue. Brothers and sisters, sons of the family of Abraham and those among you who fear God, to us has been sent the message of this salvation for those who live in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not recognize Jesus nor understand the utterances of the prophets which are read every Sabbath fulfilled them by condemning Jesus. And though they found in Jesus no guilt worthy of death, they asked Pilate to have Jesus executed. And when they had carried out all that was written about Jesus, they took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. But God, God has raised Jesus from the dead, and for many days he appeared to those who had come up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are now his witnesses to the people. And we bring the good news to you that what God promised to Abraham and Isaac and Moses and the prophets, he has fulfilled to us, their children, by raising Jesus. See, hope. Hope isn't kept alive by our good wishes. Hope isn't kept alive by the songs that we sing. Hope isn't kept alive by the good things we do for others. No, no, hope is kept alive because Jesus is alive. He's not in the grave anymore. The story is more than just an Easter celebration once a year. It's an everyday celebration that the God of the universe cares so much for his people, so much for you and everybody you meet, so much for those who follow him and those who run away from him that he would send his one, his only son to come and live among us, to die a cruel punishment, penalty of death on a tree, a cross, to be laid in a borrowed tomb, but on the third day. Uh, the, the third day, he is alive. And he did that for you. He did that so, that so that you could know that in Jesus Christ, there's real hope. In Jesus Christ, there is power over your sin. There's power over your failure. There's power over death itself. Because real hope, real hope isn't limited by our humanity. No, real hope resides in Jesus Christ. And He offers you and me and everyone who would listen to Him. He offers to change our life, to change every life through Jesus. As as Paul and Barnabas are worshiping with these Jewish believers in a foreign land, in a synagogue that has become an enclave, a, a place of safety for them in the midst of a culture that knows nothing of their Hebrew faith or doesn't value it at all. They stand and say to them, look, you know the history of our people. You know what God has promised, but we're here to let you know that the promise has been fulfilled. 
And in 2021, if we really want to be people of faith, if we really want to be people of hope, then we must, wherever we are, however we can, whenever it's available to us, proclaim by the way that we live to those around us that the hope we seek is not the hope of humanity, it's the hope of the divine for the humanity. It's the hope of God for your life and my life. See, I, I think sometimes we, we fail to understand just how much God loves us. Years ago, when I was pastoring a, a, a church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, our church was located right on the right on the state line of Tennessee and Georgia. In fact, half our church lived in Georgia and the other half lived in Tennessee. And we were having every year in those days, the, the church had, had a history of having revival meetings. Some of you don't know what those are, but, but that it's meetings where a guest speaker comes to your church and, and he speaks or she speaks and on the Sunday morning service and then you have a special service on Sunday night and Monday night and Tuesday night and Wednesday night and, and every night there's an invitation for people who don't know Jesus to come to know Jesus. It's a cultural thing in the Deep South and, and Quite honestly, there are days when I miss it, but then there are other days when I'm glad it's gone because now I believe revival should be the responsibility of all believers every day, everywhere that they go. It's not something we wait upon once a year to drag our unchristian friends to the church house so they can hear the gospel. No, no, it's upon us now, it, it, particularly now in 2021 because the church has left the building in 2020. It's no longer about you bringing people here or even having watch parties, although I invite you to, to do that. We're going to try to share the gospel here every Sunday when we share these services. But, but what I want to let you know is you're the ambassador for Christ. You're the one who's to bring the hope to the world. You're the one whose life has been changed. And so, so now it's revival all the time if we are the people of revival. But on one particular year, as we were having our revival there, there was a, a young man who, who came forward in the morning service and knelt and gave his heart to Jesus. And just before the evening service, he, he came up to me and, and asked if, if he could talk to the congregation. Now, I, I'd, I'd met this young man a few times, and, and I'll be real honest with you, every time I had talked to him, He's, he just reeked of marijuana. He, he, he was high. His eyes were glazed over every time. But this time, this time after he had, he had made a commitment to Jesus Christ, he, he had come clear-eyed and, and, and he, he was sincere. And, and he said, Pastor, I, I just want to say something to the church. And I, I was just a, a little anxious about it. But the evangelist for the revival meeting was my father. And although I was a young pastor, my father was an experienced pastor. And, and I figured, hey, you know what? There's nothing that this guy can do that my father hasn't heard before. And so when we came to that part of the evening service where we began to share a little bit about what God was doing in our lives, I, I turned to Tony and I said, hey, Tony, I just want to let you know, you want to tell the people something? He, he stood up, friends in front of a, a congregation, a hundred, 150 people maybe gathered in the room. And uh, he kind of ambled his way to the front and stood right in the center aisle. And I'll be honest with you, everybody was kind of like, okay, what's this guy going to say? The, the youth group was all sitting in a group together. And, and Tony started to talk. 
And he, and he began to tell his story. He began to tell his story of, of how he had been arrested because he and some friends had, had gotten high, and while they were high, they destroyed a church in South Georgia. And as they had vandalized the church, they suddenly looked up and someone had called the police, and all of these young men were arrested and taken away, and he had spent a couple of months in the county jail. When he got out of jail, he had moved up to our area. In fact, he lived just down the street from the church in a trailer park. And he had wandered into church because he saw the lights on one Sunday night. And, and he had come that next morning, that, that Sunday morning, and, and something had warmed his heart. Something had changed him. And, 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 and he stood up and he said, but I, I, as he's telling the story, he said, but I didn't believe God could forgive me for what I had done. I, I didn't believe God could change me after I had actually violated his house and done such horrible things. How could God forgive me for, for what I've done? And he said, but then I listened to the message this morning, uh, uh, and I realized that God could forgive me. And I went back to my trailer this afternoon, and, and I, I began reading the Bible, and I, and I came to that part in the, in the Gospel of John where, where, um, where, where, where they brought that whore to Jesus. Friends, the, the moment he said whore, the church got deathly quiet. The, the, the moment he said whore, the youth group quit passing notes. Suddenly, he had their full attention. And, and, he, and he said, I just couldn't believe that, that God would forgive her after what she had done. And then I realized if God could forgive her, if Jesus could forgive her, then he could forgive me. The place was deathly quiet. I turned to my father, sitting next to him, and said, I'm glad you're the one preaching tonight, not me. <laughs> and he looked at me and smiled and said, that's probably the best interpretation of that scripture I've ever heard in my life. Tony's life was changed dramatically. Uh, the next night when the revival continued, one of our older saints was early for the service. And as we were greeting one another, she said, Pastor, you know, my hearing's not that good anymore. And last night when that young man was talking and telling his story, and, and everybody was stunned, can you tell me what he said? I said, ma'am, he said he was just really glad to be here and that Jesus loves him. You see, friends, real hope, real hope is offered to everybody. Every life can be changed. That's why Paul said, let it be known to you, religious people in the synagogue, brothers and sisters, that through this man Jesus, forgiveness of sins is proclaimed to you. And by Jesus, everyone who believes is freed from everything from which you could not be freed by the law of Moses. See, real hope Real hope is for every life, and real hope meets the reality that people who have no hope are hungry for hope. That's why we have all the slogans. That's why we have all the people talking about hope right now. That's why in the midst of a pandemic, there's so much, uh, so, so much emphasis on hope. But my only concern is, are we hoping in the right places? Are we hoping for the right things? Are we hoping to understand why we were born? 
because you were born for a relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And no matter what, no matter what you've done, no matter what's been done to you, real hope in Jesus is available to you right now. And real hope in Jesus is available through you. Once you find that hope, it's available through you to all the people around you who are hungry for hope. Not the kind of hope that we sing about with ants and rubber tree plants. Not the kind of hope we chant about in political rallies. But the kind of hope that changes a life. The kind of hope that makes a difference for eternity. How do you know, Pastor, that people are hungry for that kind of hope? Well, first of all, we can look and see what happened in Antioch and Pisidia. As Paul and Barnabas left the synagogue that day, the people begged that these things might be told to them on the next Sabbath. And after the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who, as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. And the next Sabbath, the next Sabbath, then one week later, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. Some years after Tony had made his confession of faith, in that little church. I resigned that church to go and pastor another congregation. On the last Sunday that I was there, the, 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 congregation, the, the congregation gathered to do a celebration and a luncheon and some testimonials and give us some gifts. And, and there was a lot of wonderful love and and good-natured banter going back and forth. I mean, you know, they, they, they reminded me that there was one Sunday I was preaching on the Lord's Prayer, and I, I messed up the Lord's Prayer as the pastor of the church. Uh, they reminded me of some of the children's moments that had gone awry from the plans and, and the way the children had taken them. They reenacted them. Some adult men in the church reenacted the children's moments. And, and there were all of these wonderful stories and all of this laughter and joy, and, and suddenly in the midst of it, as they're giving gifts and, and telling us goodbye, Tony walked to the front. The place was packed with people who now knew Tony as their brother in Christ. And, and Tony, Tony had gone from job to job. His, his uh, criminal background had kind of kept him from getting good, solid employment. We had worked together to, to find him a good job in one of the local carpet mills, and he had finally found one. But on that day, as the gifts are being given and people are hugging us and telling us goodbye, Tony walks up. He has in his hand a dirty, oil-stained Auburn University baseball hat. And I recognize the hat. The entire room recognized the hat. Tony wore it every day. It was, it was always on his head. And Tony stood in front of that loving congregation who had loved him to Jesus and said, Pastor, when you and I first met, I didn't think this thing was real. 
and yet it's changed my life. And you and I may never see each other again after today because I don't know that I'll ever get to the place where you're going, but, but here's what I want you to know. What Jesus has done in my life has forever changed me. And so I want you, I want you to know that I will always remember your voice telling me that Jesus loves me. And I want you to remember that Jesus changed my life. So I don't have a lot of money and I don't have a fancy gift for you, but, but I do have one thing. It's the most valuable thing I have. Here, Pastor. And he took in front of all those people, off of his head, this dirty, greasy, Auburn University baseball hat and put it on my head. And I have to tell you, in all my years of ministry, in all my experience as a man, in all the things that have happened to me, nothing has ever moved me more than that baseball hat from that young man on that day. If you're ever in my office here at Eastside, I keep a collection of gifts like that. And that Auburn baseball hat, I never wear it because it's too precious for me to wear. Because it's a reminder to me that real hope, authentic hope, hope that changes lives, hope that is in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, that kind of hope solves the hunger. That kind of hope fills the hole in our hearts. That kind of hope changes lives. And that, my friends, is what's waiting for us as we go into the unknown of 2021, the opportunity to show people that the hope of Jesus is greater than the hope of the world. And so this morning, we're going to close our service a little differently today. No no special song, uh, no, no, no sense of reading a poem to you or anything like that. No card to fill out because obviously we're virtual only. But what I'm going to ask you to do is to pray with me. To pray with me and ask God to show you the people around you who are hungry for hope who need Jesus Christ in their life. And, and what I'm going to ask you to do as we're praying, for those of you who are watching on Facebook Live or those of you who are watching on our live stream at es.church or even those of you who are watching on demand at YouTube later on, I'm going to ask you to, to, as you pray, ask God to place the name of someone on your heart and if you want, if you want to put their first name in the comment section, if you want to put their first name in the prayer room, or if you just, if you just want to, in the chat, put a, uh, an emoji of praying hands or of, uh, of a word that simply says, I'm praying, then that's how I want us to close this time together. I want you to... To, to take an opportunity to, to simply put in that comment section the name of someone that this year, 2021, God is placing on your heart 
that you can show them the real hope of Jesus. You don't have to tell us their last name. In fact, please don't put their last name in. And if you're afraid that somebody would know them by their first name, then you are free to give them an alias. But God will know. And you will know that in these next 12 months, as you walk into the unknown of 2021, God has invited you to share the hope of Jesus Christ with that person. And then I want to ask you when the, when the stream is over to take on a piece of paper and write that name down. And every day from now till December 31st, 2021, I want to ask you to pray for that person. I want to ask you to pray that God will give you a way to do what Paul did to the people in Antioch, Pisidia, to bring real, authentic hope, the hope of Jesus in your life, into their life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we, as we ask you to place the names of people on our hearts right now, as we type those names into the comments section or the chat room, as we ask you to show us a real hope, God, I, I know there are some people who are, who are listening to me and they don't have the hope in you yet. They don't know you yet. And so right now, I want to... I want to ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak into their life, to work in their heart right now, to show them the real hope that comes from being changed by Jesus, no matter what's happened in their life. And God, for these names that we're writing down, oh, would you let us show them your love, your grace, your hope, for a new life in them. Because just like Antioch and Pisidia in the first century, in the 21st century, there are, there are multitudes of people right now in our circles and beyond who are hungry, who are hungry for hope. May your church, may we be the people of hope this year. For it's in the strong name of Jesus Christ that we pray.